and welcome back to another episode of American Football the British Way. I'm your host, British, like the people. And it's been a long time. Shouldn't have left you without some football podcasts to listen to. And I'm sorry, I realized I didn't tell you that there would be a hiatus, but surprise, your girl got married uh, in the middle of last month. So I got married to my producer last month on a Friday the 13th. It was a spooky affair. We had a life-size cutout of Jason. We had a Michael Myers mask. We had a fake chainsaw. There was madness. And it was also beautiful and amazing and lovely. And I'm so glad we took that time. We took an immediate honeymoon, which was out of this world. We actually brought American football, the British way, to Europe. And let me tell you, they were not interested. (laughs) When I tell you that I have never seen so many people so disinterested in American football. (laughs) Well, apparently there was some regular football, uh, you know, the kind that you play with your feet that was happening at the same time that was pretty important. It was really cool, though. We uh, met up with some Americans. We got to watch some American football happening while we were overseas. It was wild. The time change really affects everything. The 1 o'clock games were at 7 p.m. The 4 o'clock games, the Sunday night game, forget it. You weren't watching it. Um, Which just goes to show how difficult it could be to really take this thing international because time zones they'll mess with you man truly but yeah it was great we went to europe uh we hit spain we hit part of france and italy it was a fantastic time but there is a lot to catch up on and while i'm not going to run you through everything let's just go over the last week okay we had some winners some losers as always And really the best way to go over this is to talk about what's coming up next. And that is the fact that we are, drumroll, halfway through the season. Can you believe it? We have already completed nine weeks of the NFL. And I I can hardly say that it feels like it. I mean, I have enjoyed games every single week, and yet I'm sad And also excited that we're halfway through. I'm sad because that means we're halfway to the end. But at the same time, we still have a whole half of the regular season. And then we have the playoffs. And then we have the Super Bowl. So we still have several more months of football. It just doesn't feel like it. It feels somehow when you say you're halfway through that that means it's almost over. And I hate that idea. Maybe it's also the fact that we just experienced daylight savings time here and now everything is dark all the time. And that's that's something that doesn't feel amazing. Let's talk about what we're looking forward to in week 10, though. Uh, it's not a lot, <laughs> okay? Your Thursday night game is a game that mm, only fans of these specific teams and maybe their parents are interested in. And that team happens to be my team. We have the Carolina Panthers facing my Chicago Bears. Truly, I I understand that this is the kind of primetime game that basically nobody is interested in, but they were unable to flex this game out yet. Uh, What does 
that even mean? Uh, well, let's talk about it. What is flex scheduling? So flex scheduling or having a flexible schedule is basically what the NFL does in order to make sure they're getting the best viewership possible for every primetime game. So back in 2006, they started this and it was only for Sunday night football games. But for the 2023 season, flex scheduling can be Monday night, Thursday night, and Sunday night. So for Sunday night football games, flex scheduling can be used twice. That happens between weeks 5 and 10. Now technically, it can also happen between weeks 11 and 17. That's completely at the NFL's discretion. And basically, why would the NFL do this? Well, especially now that we're in going into week 10, you kind of have a good idea of the teams that are exciting to watch, that are performing well, you know who has the best records, you know who's on top of their division, and basically the teams that people actually want to watch play. So in order to keep up viewership, they might switch out a game. There are rules. They have to do this within a certain amount of time ahead of the game so that that real people who have tickets to the game can adjust their schedules and figure out a new way to handle things. Because think, I mean, at least in my world, when you know you're going to a football game, you probably know the one or two games in the whole season that you know you're going to. And let alone if you have to take off work or get babysitters, like you have prepared for this game, all for the NFL to say, eh, actually, there's more exciting matchups to be had and to be watched, and we're going to make sure that those are in primetime instead. Either way, so far, no Sunday night games have been flexed. Then Monday night football scheduling flexed can be between weeks 12 and 17. Once again, we haven't heard anything yet about any of that. And finally, Thursday night football flexing can only be done between weeks 13 and 17, which is why despite this being probably one of the biggest biggest stinkers that you're going to see in prime time, this game is set to be played. Um, for folks who are interested, okay, the Carolina Panthers gave the Bears their first pick in the next draft so the bears have a vested interest in the panthers not performing well because the worse they perform the higher their draft pick is going to be and that's the pick that the bears will get now the catch 22 is that the bears are also going to have their own pick and since they've been performing so poorly it's also still based on how well they do so in this instance i do believe the bears want to win because it means the panthers record stays poor and gives them a better chance at still that good draft pick. I don't know. Either way, it's probably going to be a difficult game to watch. Uh, I apologize to all of the viewers who actually know a little bit about football and care about their teams. But honestly, for the people that are just learning the game, the, the people that are here with me right now just trying to get used to what's going on, this might be the perfect game for you to try to learn everything that's happened or put the skills you've earned in these the first five episodes to to use like see what you know see what you can figure out while you're watching the slate this weekend doesn't look fantastic overall there's really a lot of games that aren't very exciting they're between teams that don't have great records and don't have electric offenses. So I just picked out a couple games to take note of. In your one o'clocks, you have the Cleveland Browns at the Baltimore Ravens. Now they're in the same division, which means there's a high likelihood that it's going to be a tough game. And then add in the fact that both teams 
are doing better than 500. The Ravens are at the top of their division with only two losses. And then the Browns are still doing well with three losses. So this is going to be a huge game. Big playoff implications. Absolutely. It's definitely a test to see whose defense is performing better. Because honestly, both of these teams have shown great defensive skills. And a lot of people might say that the Browns are kind of only winning because of their defense. So it'll be really interesting to see if they can push all the way through that. And we also have the 49ers at the Jaguars. Now, I don't know if you remember, but the 49ers came out hot this season. They were absolutely a team that you didn't want to come up against. They seemed like they could not be stopped. Their offense was electric. Their defense is fantastic. And then they lost three games in a row. So right now they're coming off their bye week. Week nine, they did not play. um, And they had three losses leading up to week nine. So this is a make or break for them. They need to go in there and beat the Jacksonville Jaguars just to show that they're still the team that we all thought they were at the beginning of the season. And the Jaguars are performing well too. They're at the top of their division. So it shouldn't be a game where either team is just laying down and giving it to the other one. It should hopefully be pretty decent. The only other game I picked out at the one o'clock is the New Orleans Saints at the Minnesota Vikings. Now on the first sound, you wouldn't think that this is necessarily a game that we should be that interested in. However, last week, the Minnesota Vikings put up a very exciting game. Unfortunately, their star quarterback hurt his Achilles and is out for the season. That's really unfortunate. And honestly, it feels like everybody is hurt this year. I know I've said that in a past episode, but Achilles especially has just been getting after everyone for some reason. Their quarterback will not be back. So they just signed a quarterback who was playing in Arizona because that quarterback was injured. He's ready to come back now, but that's not the point. Josh Dobbs showed up in Minnesota barely a week before the game, hadn't taken full reps with the team, and then ended up getting thrown into the game because the person they had playing couldn't play anymore. Uh, And that's not even the person that injured their Achilles. I mean, they had a different guy in, uh, and then he couldn't play because he got hurt. So this guy comes in, is doing practice reps on the sidelines with the offensive line because he hadn't taken the snaps under center yet. And we can talk about what that means in a later episode. But the point is, he didn't have real practice. And he went in and scored and brought them from a deficit to win the game. So we're all just kind of waiting to see, like, is he going to keep propelling them to victory? I mean, they have good offense. Uh, They should hopefully soon be getting their star wide receiver back who's been injured. And it'll just be really interesting to see how they do against a Saints team that, yes, won last week, but they were facing who? The Chicago Bears, who kept them within one score, despite the fact that the Bears turned the ball over five times. Yeah, so it doesn't say anything great about the Saints. It'll be very interesting to see what happens with that game. Then your Sunday night game, oh. Talk about needing a flex, okay? Your Sunday night game is the New York Jets at the Las Vegas Raiders. And (sighs) we understand and we have talked about why the Jets had so many primetime games. They were in the Monday night game this week, which was primetime against the Chargers. 
Their offense was terrible. They lost. The only thing keeping them together the whole time was their defense, which is fantastic. However, it didn't win the game for them. Okay. Then the Raiders. Raiders are in a situation where they had their general manager and their head coach fired mid-season. You know you have to be doing pretty poorly to just be given the boot in the middle of the season, right? They didn't even give them the whole time to pull it together. They said, nah, this isn't working anymore. So last week, the Raiders had their first game coming from having their head coach fired, and now they have an interim head coach, which means this isn't a person that has been decided to be the head coach permanently, but is taking over for the rest of the season. And they came out guns blazing. Uh, statistically, teams, when their coach or general manager has been fired during the season, they normally perform pretty well right out of the gate in their next game. And that's exactly what happened. So maybe it's two mediocre teams up against each other that ends up making it look exciting. I don't know, but it's definitely not the game you'd want necessarily in prime time. Then your Monday night game. <sighs> okay, it has potential. Let me back up. It's the Denver Broncos at the Buffalo Bills. Once again, the Bills are now getting back-to-back primetime games too. They played against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati last Sunday night. I went to that game. It was fantastic, electric. The vibes in the stadium couldn't be beat. Just wonderful. Cincinnati Bengals looked great. The defense looked like it had pulled itself together. The offense was finally moving the ball. It was really overall a collectively good game. But the Bills were a team going into this season that everybody expected to be a potential Super Bowl contender. And they have had some really tough times up against other good teams. The Broncos, surprisingly, not this past week, but the week before, beat the reigning Super Bowl champion team of the Kansas City Chiefs. So when we say any given Sunday, in this case, it'll be even any given Monday, these are professionals. Anything can happen. The Broncos could beat the Bills, but this is a must win for Buffalo. They have to show that they're still a team that can keep it together because right now, right now it's looking like who knows if they could even make the playoffs, which is crazy. They have so much talent. Now they are hurting a little bit defensively. They do have some injuries, but honestly, like that doesn't do anything for their offense. There, There's a reason why they were looked at to be a good team and something's just off right now. Then this week, we do have several of the good teams that are on a bye. So your Kansas City Chiefs, the Miami Dolphins. Oh, let's take a minute and talk about the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins last week played against the Kansas City Chiefs in our first ever game in Germany. So like the London games, this game aired at 9.30 Eastern our time. So it was nice. We had football all day on Sunday. The Dolphins are the team that hung 70 on a team this season. Everybody talks about how fast their offense is. Everybody talks about how they can't be contained and yet all of their wins are to teams that aren't above 500 every time they lose it's almost like they forgot how to play football and that's exactly what it looked like sunday morning watching them against the chiefs they were down to the chiefs 21 to 0 at halftime their offense just couldn't get anything off the ground and let me just explain the chiefs won 21 to 14 in this game Okay, they ended up not scoring at all for the rest of the game, and the Dolphins still couldn't pull it together. 
there's something to be said about that. Obviously, they need to pull it together. And a lot of people are saying, like, are the Dolphins frauds? Like, do they only look good against teams that aren't great? I don't know, but it's definitely something to look at for sure. Finally, there's one more thing I really want to talk about from last week. We haven't talked about the Houston Texans yet. I didn't put their game into the spotlight for this week. They are playing the Cincinnati Bengals this week. It is a one o'clock game in Cincinnati. It could be a good game, but the part to really discuss is what their rookie quarterback did last week. Their quarterback, the second overall pick in the draft last year, C.J. Stroud, okay, he smashed, he demolished, he just threw through the window the rookie passing record. Last week, he threw for 470 yards. That is incredible. Do you understand that if you're a betting person, okay, if you like to play the lines and look at different bets on the game, sometimes you're betting to see if a quarterback will even throw over 200 yards, and he more than doubled that. The last record by a rookie was 433 yards. He also did the 470 yards through five touchdowns, no interceptions, and the last touchdown was to come back and win the game within 40 seconds left. It was electric. I'm not saying the Texans are going to make it to the playoffs. I'm not saying that they're a great team. What I am saying is they are doing something by building their team around this guy. And this isn't the first time that he's shown moxie while playing. Yes, they have losses, but he really, he's the real deal. And if I'm the Carolina Panthers who picked their rookie quarterback with the first pick last year, I'm definitely looking in the mirror going, did we make the wrong decision? Did we pick the wrong quarterback? And it's tough because a rookie season is just that. It's your beginning. It's your first time in the NFL. You are going from playing against a lot of great players in college to the most elite players, period, in the NFL. There's always going to be an adjustment. But sometimes you have the right scheme around you to just make things happen. And that's what happened for CJ Stroud. Now that we are halfway through, let's also talk about just the overall standings of the NFL. Let's look at the leaderboard and see where we're at and what we can maybe make some predictions on for the rest of the season, okay? In the AFC, you have the AFC East. That's your Patriots, Jets, Bills, Dolphins. At the top is the Dolphins. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. I'm just going to say that they might be leading their division, but they need to win against teams that have winning records, period. You have your AFC West. That's the Broncos, Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs. Chiefs are at the top of that list with their win last week. I did mention that they lost to the Broncos, uh, which is the team at the bottom of their division, but divisional games are always played tough. So it's not surprising that they were able to have a loss against the Broncos. Still, the Chiefs are the reigning Super Bowl champions. And even though they're on a bye this week, the game that they have coming off their bye, well, it's a Super Bowl rematch. So we'll definitely have to talk about that in the preview to week 11. Your AFC North could arguably be the best division in all of the AFC, and here's why. You have the Bengals, Browns, Steelers, Ravens. Every single team in the division 
is above 500 right now. The Bengals, Browns, and Steelers all have 5-3 and three records, and then your Ravens have a 7-2 and two record. That's fantastic. I mean, if the playoffs started right now, they would all be in it. So it's definitely the division to watch, the AFC North. Uh, fans of these teams would absolutely tell you it's the most difficult division to be in. And maybe they're actually right this season. I don't know, but definitely something to pay attention to. Then you have your AFC South. That's the Titans, Colts, Texans, and Jaguars. And like I mentioned, the Jaguars are at the top, but somehow they don't feel like a good team. Like when you list out the teams that are on top, your first inclination isn't to throw out the Jaguars. Are, are their wins fraudulent? I don't know. They did win when they were in England, which were real games, but some might say like, eh, the time change and being there helped them out. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see them play the 49ers this week and see what that looks like. Then you have your NFC teams. The team that is probably the most well-rounded number one team in the league Went to the Super Bowl last year. That's your Philadelphia Eagles. They're in the NFC East. You have the Giants, Commanders, Cowboys, and Eagles. The Cowboys and Eagles actually played each other last week, and it was a good game. Now, some people might say that they thought the Cowboys absolutely could have won that game and should have won that game, and there's a lot of talk about the calls that happened. But ultimately, at the end of the day, the Eagles got the W, okay? Divisional play is always tough. Cowboys have a good team too, but they have one or two losses that they probably shouldn't have as well. So right now the Eagles are at the top. They only have one loss. You have your NFC West, which is the Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, and 49ers. 49ers and Seahawks do have the same record. Again, the 49ers came out hot. We really thought that they were going to be fantastic. They're at the top right now, but anything could happen. I think if they lose to the Jaguars this week, there's a big conversation to be had about the state of that team. Then you have my division, the NFC North. That's the Bears, Packers, Vikings, and Lions. Is this the Lions' year? It's technically never been their year, and this might be the closest that they're going to get. It's really exciting to watch them play. They were also on a bye last week, so we don't have a game to compare for them but coming up there's definitely more play ahead for them to to see if they're the real deal they are leading their division then finally you have the nfc south that's the panthers bucks falcons and saints this division is a dumpster fire <laughs> and by that i mean it's burning and i don't even know what it would take to put it out truly uh, the saints are technically at the top of the division but i don't know anything can happen the falcons are frisky they benched their original starting quarterback um, in favor of a backup to see if that would shake things up. They're four and five. I don't know. I think they've lost a couple games that they shouldn't have lost. Uh, same thing with the Bucks. You know, they won a Super Bowl a couple years ago, and since then have just been on a downward spiral. They still have guys from that Super Bowl winning team, but it's not the same. Uh, some might argue it's because they have a different quarterback, but honestly. I just think that a lot of times you end up in a rebuild after you win a Super Bowl, and that's exactly what it looks like for them. Those are your standings right now, halfway through the season. Do you think that they're going to stay this way? Uh, it's definitely something to look out for. Um, I'm not really sure. You know, hopefully the Bears stay right where they are so they stay in good draft position because honestly at 2-7, and seven, even if they went out for the rest of the season, it's not worth it. Um I would love to know what people's Super Bowl predictions are at this point. 
Um, Remember, for the Super Bowl, you're going to have one NFC team and one AFC team against each other. So there will never be the time in the way that our structure is now that two NFC teams will go up against each other. They'll face each other in the NFC championship, and there's an AFC championship, and both of those are the games that will take place before the Super Bowl. So do yourself some fun and pick out who you think makes it to the Super Bowl, even if you don't know the winner. I want to know, let me know in the comments, who's the top of the AFC, who's the top of the NFC. Finally, let's do our football Jeopardy. This is becoming my favorite part of the whole podcast. I love teaching you guys about football. I'm glad that I got to explain flex scheduling and what that means. You will absolutely now that I've told you those words, hear somebody say, oh, I wish they had gotten flexed out of this game. And you would have thought, I don't know what that means. And maybe not even thought to ask, but now you know. Okay. But football jeopardy is awesome. A, it's great to know bits of pieces of trivia because you never know what's going to come up. B, I might teach you something that your other football fans don't actually know the answer to. And now you have a leg up. So here is your trivia for this week. The 1972 Miami Dolphins are the only team to ever do this. I'll give you a moment. Hold on. Na, 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 na. Okay, I won't do that whole thing. Please, Jeopardy, no copyright issues. But the 1972 Miami Dolphins are the only team to ever do this. What is half a perfect season? Now, this one could be considered controversial for some because they are not the only team to ever have an exact perfect season. The 2007 New England Patriots also had a perfect season. However, the Miami Dolphins in 1972 had a perfect season and also won the Super Bowl over Washington. The Patriots had a perfect season and then lost the Super Bowl to the New York Giants. This is big information because Giants fans will literally never let Patriots fans forget about that, that they were the ones to ruin their perfect season. Eh, It's an East Coast thing, I guess. But that is your episode for this week. I'm sorry again for the hiatus. I'm excited to be back. I'm excited to give you more information. Please drop some comments. Like the podcast. Give me five stars. Let me know what you want to hear about. Tell me a play that you saw that you have no idea what happened and I can explain it to you. See you next week. Bye.